Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode aired on my YouTube channel on the 14th of September 2020, and it's with Bemuse backpacker Michael Huxley. I spoke to Michael about, which he feels passionately about, is travel bloggers being paid for their work. All that and much more. Mike, how are you doing? You're right. Really good, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's really, really good to be here. Whereabouts are you from? Uh, Liverpool. Um, uh, I, th- I think my, my accent's weird because I've travelled for so long, it, I tend to flatten my accent when I'm talking to different people. Uh, I, sp- I, I tend to do it when I, when I travel a lot as well, but when I'm home, don't worry, the Scouse accent comes out really, really strong. <laughs> this is the longest I've not travelled in about 20 years now. Um, you know, I mean, there's been periods of time where I've, st- I've stayed at home uh, to work and periods of time where I've left abroad for a little bit. But, yeah, I, th- I think this is the longest where I've just been stuck and not travel. I think because I'm constantly on the move, it allowed me to sort of just reflect and um, and do things that I've not been able to do. So have you, have you found that, actually? I've, I've always been an author. I've, I've uh, had published books before, uh, and it's finally allowed me time to sit down and, and get the sequel to my novel out um so yeah I, I have found that to an extent um but it's it's been it's been difficult trying to get that sort of work-life balance between being at home doing my work here and then being able to travel as well um so so it's it's you know there's like anything in life there's ups and downs there's good and bad, good and bad so uh but yeah it's uh, still still uh, takes some getting used to I think here in the UK, we've obviously moved past the stage. And I think we can we can start traveling now if we wanted to certain places. And how did it start then for you? I know you said you started 20 years, well, you started traveling 20 years ago. What, what, where did it begin? Yeah. Well, like, like most people, really. Um, I mean, I'd taken, I never really traveled as a kid. Um, my family, um, you know, we could never really afford to go on, on big holidays or anything. But, you know, we went on, on days out. We went on, on short. UK trips and that that was um that was what we could afford and that was brilliant for what it was but I never really traveled abroad as uh, like growing up um so I think the first time I went was to visit a friend in Germany I just basically booked a, a plane ticket and just flew out there on my own I spent some time with them and, and came back but I think my first big trip was like most uh, backpackers it was to Southeast Asia um you know I went to went to through to Thailand, went to Vietnam, Cambodia, the usual banana pancake trail. Um, and that's what really sort of opened me up to travel. That's what opened me up to um, thinking the world's an amazing place and I really want to see as much of it as I can. Um, and since then, I've really stopped. You know, And I've had um, times where, like way back uh, from that, First trip, I went to university, did my first degree, but I was still traveling in like the summer holidays and holidays between that. Um, and then obviously, once I graduated, I traveled some more, 
came back, did my second degree in nursing, and I still travelled uh, in, in holidays and that while I was studying. Uh, and then even during my career as a nurse, I was still taking long breaks. So I'd work for a few months and then I'd go travelling for a few months or I'd quit a job, go travelling for, for a bit and then come back and get another job because while I was a nurse, I could do, we were in demand. And bosses hated me, but, you know, they, they didn't really have a choice. <laughs> I, just, I just reminded them they're the ones who needed me and my skills. It wasn't the other way around. So, you know, I, I, I took charge of my own life, travelled as much as I could, and that's where I am now. And now, now this is what for a business. So. Perfectly come to your brand, actually, um, the Muse Backpacker. Now, yeah. tell me how it all started. I mean, where did you come up with the name, the Muse Backpackers. Well, the backpacker was a given because that for a long time was what I was. I backpacked around the world. Um, it was a big part of my identity. So backpacker was always a given. And the bemused was just because that's the sense I always had when I was traveling the world. I was just, you know, a little bit confused, a little bit bemused about everything. Um, so it's it just and there's always a nice little bit of alliteration there as well. In what way were you bemused by the travelling? Just because, I'm, especially for when I first started out, I was very young, uh, or relatively young, uh, compared to what I am now. Um, and it's it's been one of the major um, contributors to who I am. So when I first started travelling, I was still learning who I was. I was learning my own identity. I was learning about the world. Um, and travels... Travel has taught me a lot of that. It's given me a lot of that. So when I first started out, you know, that, that's that's the sort of mindset that I had. I, I was learning about things. I wanted to as much as possible. I, I was confused by a lot of things, you know, because obviously when, when you're a lot younger, you don't know you don't know everything. You still don't know everything when you're older. Mm. But, you know, when, you, when you're young, you, you, you're just trying to take as much as you can, soak as much culture up, soak as much knowledge up as you can. Um, you know, and, and it's just that process of learning about the world, learning about different cultures and, and things, and that's where it came from, really. Is it like a proper company that you've got, or is it a blog? It is my full-time business. Um, it, it started out, like, like most, uh, like most did, it did start out uh, as a blog. Um, but it's, it did start out differently to most blogs, because it was never, uh, I'd, I'd been travelling about, 12 or 13 years or something like that before I started uh, writing about it. I've been writing long before that. Um, but before I started the, the blog, I've been traveling for so long. So it was never a sort of diary of what I was doing and where I was going. And it was never really about me. Um, I actually started it to sell um, my travel books, which I'd written and published. Uh, so I wanted to promote them. I wanted to sell them. So it started out with that purpose. And then, obviously, as I learned more and more about blogging, the blogging world, um, and, and I got further and further into it, that's when it developed to a business. Um, I slowly started earning more and more money. Eventually, I was earning as much from this business as I was from being a full-time nurse. And then eventually, obviously, this really overtook um, what, what I was ever earning as, as a qualified nurse. Blogging? Sort of, I only first started notice blogging maybe about 10, 15 years ago uh, when it was quite a new thing. But I'm assuming people have been writing about 
travel and all sorts for years and years and years and getting publications. Obviously, the world of internet has allowed allowed people to to write about their journeys, experiences, and stuff. But my question is, how, how did you get noticed? Can, you know, there's literally millions of people that travel and millions of people who write blogs. What sort of made you stand out? So much. Um, in that, it's hard to pinpoint just one thing. I think part of it was um, was timing. Um, you, you know, like, like I've been doing this for about nine years now. Um, so. I think starting a blog now is very, very different to starting a blog nine years ago. No one or very few people knew what a blog was and they thought it was just an online diary. I mean, that's what it used to be. That's what it started out as. It was literally just people putting in their own thoughts on a little blog on the internet. And I think as well, most blogs probably don't last more than a year. Um, You know, people start it, they, they get... Big ideas. Oh, I could start a blog, throw some ads on it, and I'll earn all the money. And it never happens like that at all. So after a year, they get fed up and give up and then stop. Or if there's if, if there are people who are using it as an online diary, they go for a gap year, um, you know, and, and they use it for that year. But then when they get back, it sort of falls by the wayside and they do things. Uh, so most people, they tend not to go past that year, that year point, um, at most probably two years. Um, once you get past that, the, the, lo- the longer you are, the older you are as a blogger. Uh, you do more things, you work more um, with more brands, you do more projects, you do more campaigns, and the more you do, the more you get noticed. And um, you know, it's it's like most things. You start off small and work with smaller brands or smaller uh, DMOs and, and smaller uh, tourism boards. And then as you get noticed and noticed and noticed and people start seeing what you do, uh, that's when you just, you grow, you get uh, more work. Um, I I think that's a big part of it as well. Uh, But I I think the time served is probably one of the biggest uh, things, I think, because, you know, I've got a huge um, body of work now on my website. I've got a big audience. I've got a loyal audience. And when brands or DMOs want, Look at that and see that. See that. Mm. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of value in that for them, and I can actually say to them, "Look, I cannot offer you a huge return on investment." Um, I've got the evidence there. Just look at my media kit. Look at the brands I've worked with. Look at the DMOs I've worked with. Look at the campaigns I've worked on. You know that basically that online CV, for lack of better, better word, lack of a better word. Um, you know that that sort of gets you noticed a lot as well and the more you do obviously the more you get noticed it sounds like perseverance was key and also the longer you you're doing it you just said that that you get noticed by brands and that's actually a question i've got actually how did you start working with brands because i've noticed on your on your website you know some big companies on there you know like the likes of bbc and all sorts well, I've got, I've got NASA on there. You know, that was one of my proudest moments. Oh, NASA, yes, NASA as well, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. how did that all come about? Is it is 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 there is there is there a secret to it, or is it just hard work? I'd boil it down into three things. It'd be perseverance, um, because, like I said, most people just want that quick, easy money. They want that quick fix, and it will never ever happen. You have to build up your audience, build up your brand, build up your business. And start small and then build bigger. 
Um, so that's the, the first one. The second one is, um, you know, treat it like a professional business. If you approach this game as, as a hobby, if you approach it as, oh, something I can just get a few free things from, that's all it will ever be for you. And frankly, you're not worth anything to anyone. So why would any brand or any DMO work with it if that's your approach? Treat it like a professional business. Act like a professional. Be that um, brand that DMOs and other brands want to work with. And the third one is probably um, market yourself. You know, go to um, conferences. Go to all these different uh, networking events and network. The more people you know, um, you know, the, the, the easier it will be to find work and the easier it will be for people to know you. I mean, the, um, like I said, one of my favourite press trips I have ever done was with Huntsville in Alabama. Absolutely loved that campaign. You know, went to Space Camp, went to the Space Market Centre, loved it. That came about from a chance meeting at a networking event. You might have a conversation about football or tennis or whatever. You know, that might go, oh, yeah, that was a really cool guy. You know, he does all sorts of stuff. Let, let's get in. Because it's all based on personalities, isn't it? And, and um, yeah. you can show yourself as someone, you know, people can interact with, work with maybe in, in the future. And that goes a long way. And I, I think it goes back to, obviously, what we do. We, we travel a lot. Uh, one of the best things that I always say to people when you travel, you get to meet so many people and it helps you develop into a, a better person, in my opinion. And when it comes to um, everyday life after that, it sort of will help you with anything that you try and accomplish. Definitely. I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, I always said to people, even if, you know, obviously we, we do this as a business, this is, this is our work. So, you know, that's always a part of it. But even if you don't do that, Traveling is always one of the best things you can ever, ever do for yourself. It, you know, it makes you into a more rounded person, it makes you into a better person. You know, it opens your mind to, to different paradigms. It opens up your mind to different ways of thinking. And you see things from a perspective that you never would have before. It just makes you a better, more interesting person. It just it makes you the best version of yourself that you can be. And that's one of the things I love about travel. The, the video that I saw, you talked a lot about it was quite a long video. So it was like a 40 minute interview that you did. Um, you spoke about when you're starting off a, of a blog and you might do things for free. You were talking about a lot about not doing things for free. You know, it's, you know, if you've got a talent, if you've got a skill, why should you do it for free? Is it, firstly, is there an issue when it comes to brands approaching you thinking, oh yeah, we can get this for free because you know, exposure for him, uh, that's one question and also is the other the other thing when let's say for example I've had people ask me recently to do stuff and I think well actually it's good exposure for myself maybe someone else will notice me notice me from doing what I've just done for them does that work my rule is never work for free it never works if you were in any other profession doesn't matter what it was whether you're a, a plumber um, whether you're a builder um, whether you're working marketing, doesn't matter what it, what, what it is, you wouldn't work for free, would you? you know, even even if, um, if if you went to get a job in in fast food place, um, you know, 
15, 16 years old, never went for no experience. Um, you wouldn't go there and work for free for the first year just because you've got no experience. You'd expect to get paid from the off. And that pay uh, might not be a lot. It might not be as good as what a lot of other people are getting who's got a lot of other experience and, and different things. Um, but you'd expect to get paid in any job, in any profession, you would expect to get paid for your work. So why is blogging any different? And I think that there's a huge problem at the moment with the vast majority of bloggers work for free. They do, or they, they work for freebies. And there's that's built up a, a sort of reputation of, of bloggers where brands and marketers and PRs see us as free marketing for them. And I've, I've said so many times to so many brands, what other people do is their business. If they want to be stupid and work for free, I couldn't care less. I provide a lot of return on investment. You've come to me because of my skill, my brand, my you know everything that I can offer you. So if you want me to work for you, you will damn well pay. And if you don't like for that, go and work with, with one of those freebie grabbers. You will not get anywhere near as much return on investment as you'll get with me. So if you want to work with a professional and get a professional result, you pay. If you don't, don't work with a freebie grabber. It's it's really that simple. You know, I, th I, th I think as well. Um, if you look at the difference between what we do in new media, you know, the videographers, vloggers, bloggers, uh, and what the traditional media do, all of these brands, all of these PR companies and marketers are quite happy to drop tens of thousands of pounds on traditional media. But they balk at paying a fraction of that for us, even though in general terms we are bigger audiences, more engaged audiences. We are the people who... Where, where, where people come to to research things, to, to look at for information. So they don't go to traditional TV for adverts anymore. They don't read newspapers anymore. They come to YouTube. They, they look at blogs. You know, and, and most people, even when they Google something, might not even realise they're looking at a blog because we've used SEO to our article on number one page one Google. So if they're willing to drop £10,000 on traditional media, why aren't they spending more on us? And the answer is because most bloggers work free. So they're basically giving away all of the product and brands on, oh, we're getting all this marketing for free, great. Mm. We're not, we're not going to pay anyone to do it because we've got 20 other people. I remember once at a, um, was at a conference and I was, I was talking to all, all these different brands. There was a very, very well-known um, luxury um, travel brand, and okay. uh, and you know, I was I was talking to him and everything else. He said, "You know, you charge for your work." And yeah, my rate sheet is right up there on my website. Um, you know, professional services, professional rates. And he said basically, and this is, this is almost a, a direct quote: "Why would I pay any blogger when there's fifty lining up to do it for free?" And he's right. From a business point of view, I could not disagree with him in the slightest, you know, because for, from his side of things, why should he pay out when he doesn't have to? Why should he spend that budget when he doesn't have to? And you, you can't disagree with that. No business would, you know, would, would turn that down. Um, so from his point of view, he was absolutely right. So 
Yeah, and a lot of bloggers complain about this a lot. They always, oh, you know, people don't want to pay. They, they don't want to pay the money. They're, they're not paying me. They're always asking us to do work for free. Well, it's your damn fault. If you don't want brands to ask you to work for free, stop working for free. Put it this way. I charge for everything I do. I've got professional rates, and they're not, they're not cheap. You know, I'm, I'm probably, there are a lot of people who, charge a lot more than me a lot of people charge less but i'm not cheap i get a lot of work before 2020 i was earning three times as much as a blog than i was a professional nurse so the budgets are there people are going to pay if you basically demand it and you know i've always said as well there's room within that um for waiving fees on, in, in certain circumstances. But there's a big difference between waiving a fee and working for free. But if you don't start from scratch, if you don't start that from the beginning and set that expectation that you have professional rates, no one's going to pay you. You're not going to earn a damn thing. And it's all your fault. And that's one of the biggest bugbears I have with the industry at the moment. When you tell people this, is it is it pop? Are you, be, are you a popular person? <laughs> no, <laughs> I pretty much offend everyone, um, and people don't like that because I really care. Um, you know, because it's it's telling the truth. You know, it. I don't care if I offend you, if I'm telling you to stop working for free. If you know, if if you're there working for free and ruining for everyone, you're in it. I've got no qualms about saying um, so it. So it does tend to offend a few people. The blogging industry is obviously really still quite uh, young. You know, it's only been 10 to 15 years, but hopefully people will pick up what you're saying. You know, hopefully other people are saying the exact same thing, you know, uh, don't work for free. And then things will hopefully change uh, for the better. What has travelling taught you then? Um, to be the way you are today? Uh, I know you mentioned a little bit, it's changed you and it's, it's a great way. What would you say one thing uh, that has taught you? One thing that sort of travel's always taught me um, is that there's not that the world can throw at me that I can't handle. Um, because I, I think, I mean, I've, I've always had the sort of perception as well, especially from... Uh, being a nurse for such a long time, I saw, um, I, I worked in emergency nursing uh, primarily, um, and I've got like other calls and everything on top of that, but I saw basically a lot of people die. There's, there's no nice way of saying that. I, I saw people who were at the end of the life, um, and I saw people who were right at the start of the life who, who had their lives cut short. And, the, the one the one sort of constant throughout that was a lot of people always back and said, I wish I'd done more or I'd wish I'd had a chance to do that. And I always promised myself that that would never be me. Um, so I've always had that mindset about travel, about taking every opportunity, about um, basically going into life full force, full throttle. And, with that, I think, obviously, as you, as you travel, uh, and if you've been traveling as long as I have, you have 
a lot of things go wrong, you know, that there's um, times when everything doesn't go to plan, things go wrong, you find yourself in a few shaky spots. And over 20 years, I've, you know, I've got a lot of travel stories like that. Um, but one thing that it's always taught me is it doesn't matter what it is, no matter what life throws at you, I've been able to handle it. So it doesn't matter what life throws at me in the future, I know that I'll be able to handle that as well. And I think that's one of the biggest things travel's taught me is that it's that sort of self-confidence in, in, in yourself, that, that sort of attitude of I can take anything on. And I think that's, that's fed through to everything as well, including one in the business. Um, you know, I, th- I think that attitude is sort of one of the, the things that's sort of made me push it and build it into a success as well. Um, so I think that's, that's probably the thing that travel's taught me over the years. If you watch any of my shows, um, you know, travel has changed my perception in life and, you know, uh, emotionally I'm more connected to people and, you know, we, no matter what, what you do when it comes to, to travel, um, you've got to find your own own inner peace, really. That's what I always say. So it, it's, it's making... Um, a pathway for yourself and if it leads to different things in life then that's absolutely yeah. fantastic and that, that's what it's all about for, for me uh, is there anything that you've come across whilst you travel that's been you know dangerous at times you know, i mean i i have a sort of slightly different perception of of the danger to most people um because nothing scares me um in that respect because where I approach it is uh, because traveling the world is not dangerous. Things can happen anywhere, anytime, anyone, even at home. I think that for me, with all the, my experience and, and my background and everything else, um, I, I view risk as, as a problem to be solved. So it's sort of um, the training that I've had in, in different areas, and um, you know, the, the the specific things that I do to reduce risk. All of that comes in, into managing that risk and reducing the risk as much as humanly possible. Point that um, the risk is so negligible that it's barely worth worrying about. And if something does happen, then I know generally I can either try and avoid it, I can try and de-escalate it, or if it really hits the fan, I've generally got the skills to get out of it. And, you know, I mean, I've had bad things happen to me. Um, you know, some tried to mug me in Colombia. Um, you know, I've been, I've been in a fight in, in Argentina, which we won't really get into. Um, but they don't like it when you call the Falkland Islands the Falklands over there. They really don't like that. Um, you know, I've been lost in a jungle. I've been stranded in a desert. Um, I was in uh, Egypt during the uh, Egyptian Revolution in 2011. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I remember getting a phone call off my mother in a blind panic, you know, are you safe? Are you safe? I'm like, I'm sat here having a cup of coffee, fine. Um, you know, and, you know, so I've had all these things uh, happen to me. And I actually, I remember once in Cairo, um, a cat actually saved my life. Um, <laughs> okay. At Cairo train station. Um, because I was sat there at a cafe just for a train and kept a pack by my side. And there was, a, unbeknownst to me, a snake, a, a real a snake had 
basically gotten under my pack. So when I moved it, um, basically it was going to get me. Um, but I, I didn't know it was there at the time. And there was a cat, who, and, and I love animals, I love cats. And it was always around me. It was either on the wall just above me, it was on the chair next to me, it was on the, the table next to me staring at me. And I was trying to coax it a little bit of food and, and give it some food. It, it wouldn't come near me. It wouldn't come up to me because, you know, I love animals. I want to give it a stroke. Um, but it wouldn't. It, but it was always around me. And when I moved my pack, and this snake was there, I've never seen a bunch of Egyptians move fast in my entire life. Everyone just scrambled off the, off the chairs and off the tables. You know, tables were getting knuckled there. And this cat basically jumped down and was sort of keeping this snake bay. And, you know, and I, I, I still to this day, because it's, it's really rare um, in Egypt to, to find a snake in a built-up urban area like that. It's really, really rare. Um, but if it hadn't have been for that cat, that snake would have probably bitten. Um, long story short, the snake died and the cat was fine. But I still to this day think that cat saved my life. And... Once it had done that, it, it, she accepted a little bit of chicken off me on a plate and then disappeared. And, um, you know, so, so you know, there's, there's always incidents that happen. There's always little yeah. um, things that happen when you're traveling. But I think a lot of the time, most of them have become some of the best travel stories as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't really consider them dangerous uh, things that, that's happened to me, but. Your story there, I always try and tell people when people always say to me, oh, this place is dangerous, oh, that place is dangerous. You said at, at the beginning of that oh, when you said, you know... It's a dangerous country. Well, exactly. You can, you can get mugged in your own home. Anything can happen, you see. So, you know, I, I think that's... You've got to give a place, a destination, respect in that sense. Well, how do you know unless you've been? That's why I always say... But, but you'd say the, same, the exact same thing about being at home. And like I said, there's such thing as a dangerous destination. Obviously, um, not including active conflict zones or disaster area or things like that, obviously. Um, that goes without saying. But in general terms, there's no such thing as a, as a dangerous country. Um, you, like, I think a lot of people forget that the places travellers go to, you know, South America, Southeast Asia, India, have much lower crime rates than the places travellers come from, like the US or the UK. And I think a lot of people forget that sometimes. I always say to people, look, if, if they, they come to me, oh, you know, such and such is in this country, I don't want to go there. Uh, you live in London, you live in New York, you've got some of the highest crime rates in the world. What are you talking about? I always sort of ask people, you know, away from travel, what sort of interest do you have? You know, um, I've, I've noticed you're quite a big guy. I mean, I assume you go to the gym, work out. Yeah, not not in about six months. <laughs> um, the, the gyms have all been shut down, which is which has been probably the hardest thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love exercise. I love and um, I do love working out. Um, I've trained in martial arts since I was a kid. Love, um, love martial arts well, um, and I'm a huge. Uh, geek as well. I, I love uh, geek culture a lot. A lot. Now I was in with Marvel Comics and DC Comics when I was a kid, but it was actually cool to like Marvel. He's a yeah. big um, history as well, um, especially hate history. 
So those those are the things that tend to be interesting outside of travel. But I think you know it always um, it always feeds in travel as well. A um, big part of my travels. Um, like for example, when, when I was a kid, I started with Gojiru Karate um, when I was about six years old. Um, then a bit later, I moved on to Judo and Jiu Jitsu as well, with uh, obviously all Japanese. And um, so the Japanese culture has always been a big part of my life since I was a kid. Um, but as I travelled, you know, I went to like Thailand and I studied a little bit of Muay Thai. I went to um, Brazil, studied a bit of Capoeira and, and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, so I've always had like, not not to any great extent, not to not, certainly not to the to the extent that I've studied the Japanese arts, but just it's that's sort of fed into my travels as well. I've, I've travelled specifically to places too, um, training in in certain arts in in different ways. Um, another thing with, uh, with the history as well, a lot of like some of my favourites are places like Egypt and. Um, Ethiopia and Israel and, and places like that where, where, where we've got a really deep uh, ancient history and uh, you know I, I could I could basically um, study all of that as I was traveling um, the same thing with uh, geek culture as well you know and um, going back to like I said before my favorite um, press trip was in Huntsville Alabama and that is one of the best cities in the world for geeks it's uh, such an amazing place you know it's full of um you know you, you can go and get lunch and um play 80s arcade games you know i, I think it's an entire day just on the ninja turtles arcade game um when i was there you know and so so all, all of my interests outside of travel tend to feed into travel a little bit as well are you in a relationship, or are you are you still single? I'm, I'm actually I'm actually married. Um, yeah, I got I got, I got married a, a few years ago. It's it's actually not something that um, most people know. It, it, I mean, it's it's no secret, but it's not something that I put out on uh, social media or on my blog. Because um, obviously, my my wife likes to stay private, um, and I, I I like to keep sort of. Um, sort of a big line between my work life and my private life also it's, it's not something i talk about a lot um on my blog or, or social media but yeah i'm, I'm married um married to an amazing woman she's a teacher lecturer um way smarter than I am. you know the, the stuff she teaches it goes way over my head so sometimes uh with all the traveling and stuff you know it's difficult to to meet meet people and because uh, you're never still that's that's the thing you see and then trying to convince you know yeah. partner you know i travel all year round they're gonna be like well when will i see you sort of stuff it's a quick fire round just to finish off favorite place up to now yeah, i think my favorite country is singapore um just just because it's amazing country anyway but there's so many personal memories i have from there and uh, we practically lived in um, at one point, it's where I proposed to my wife. So that, that's that's my favourite country. If you had to pick one type of food to live on for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, can I just can I say Southeast Asia? Because it encompasses everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> probably um, Thai only. Thai food. Oh, brilliant. That's a good choice, by the way. That's it, Mike. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed chatting to us and uh, we'll chat to me i should say um uh, just yeah, before definitely. i always always love chatting 
just before I let you go, any new developments you've got coming up that people can look forward to? And uh, where, where can people find you as well? Well, people can find me uh, see, uh, at bemusedbackpacker.com. I'm on Twitter at bemusedbackpack. Uh, I'm on, obviously, on Facebook as well. I'm probably the only travel blogger in the world who isn't on Instagram. Um, but, you know, I am on YouTube and, and TikTok as well. Uh, so come and find me on, on all of those. Um, what I'm working on at the moment is um, obviously because of of what's going on in the world, travel is is much uh, limited at the moment. So I'm working on um, UK and Ireland staycations and, and UK days out. Um, so there's going to be a lot more content from from the UK um, coming out over the next over the next few months. Amazing. Well, Mike, thank you for coming on. And uh, we, we don't live too far from each other, so hopefully I'll see you very soon. Yeah, hopefully. And thank you for having me. It's been a, been a real pleasure. You can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms. The details are in the description. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.